For many years, accrediting agencies had required U.S. medical schools to be part of a public or nonprofit university. But recently, some medical professionals have become more open to the idea of bringing back for-profit medical education, and several for-profit schools have been provisionally or fully accredited. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Robert Shireman, the Director of Higher Education Excellence and a Senior Fellow at the Century Foundation. Mr. Shireman has written a perspective article about for-profit medical education. Mr. Shireman, you write in your perspective article that U.S. state licensing agencies and healthcare leaders originally ended for-profit medical education early in the 20th century. So could you describe what the field looked like before that and what concerns actually led to that decision? A decision was really around the same time as the modernization of healthcare generally. And in the 1800s, healthcare or the medical profession were mostly individual proprietors and pretty much any doctor could also call themselves a medical school or a medical school provider and uh, license new physicians. So we had a wide variety of standards across the country or really a lack of standards about what it really takes to be a doctor. And in the late 1800s, early 1900s, some of the state licensing agencies clamped down on that and then accrediting agencies took up that mantle to modernize healthcare and make sure that if someone who's licensed as a physician had a somewhat standardized and high level of training that would assure healthy care of patients rather than the wide variety that we had before the early 1900s. So that then led to the elimination of for-profit medical education. What led to the change in attitude toward for-profit medical education in recent years that's brought us to where we sit today? Well, there seem to be a couple of factors. I think one is just many, many decades had passed since the modernization of medical care. And I think people, to some degree, kind of forgot what things used to be like. We don't have folks around who experience prior versions of medical care. And we've had a lot of maturation of universities in the country. And then two other factors played in. One is that the concerns about the undersupply of physicians in the United States have led some people to look for what are some ways that we can produce more doctors. Maybe for-profit colleges could help do that. Then you had some investors who wanted to create for-profit medical schools, and they made the case that there might be some antitrust problem. And they pointed to a case of the American Bar Association and lawyers that did not really apply to the medical school situation, but I think it created a little bit of worry. And so the two medical accreditors made the shift in about 15 years ago, started making that shift to allow in some for-profit medical schools. So Looking at those two accrediting organizations, the Liaison Committee on Medical Education and the Commission on Osteopathic College Accreditation, how many for-profit schools have they accredited so far? LCME, which is the MD accreditor, has accredited two, and COCA, the DO accreditor, has accredited four at this point. And what are the arguments that are made in favor of allowing for-profit medical education? How could these schools potentially benefit students or the healthcare system in general? Well, I'd say the general arguments that people make about for-profit education is the people in control have an incentive to keep costs down, because if you keep costs down, you can pocket more of the money as profit. And some people see that as a bad thing, but the argument can be made that it could potentially promote efficiency 
and therefore lower cost to consumers, maybe more doctors licensed brought into the field. Those are kind of the reasons that people imagine they might want for-profit colleges generally and for-profit medical education in particular. Nonetheless, you say in your article that there have been several signs of trouble at some of these for-profit medical schools. But what are the primary concerns that have been raised and have the schools taken steps to address them? Well, what I think folks don't realize when they're sort of introduced to the idea of for-profit higher education and for-profit medical schools in general is they, they just kind of imagine a typical university and there being some difference in the financial structure of the entity. And they think of that as maybe not really relevant to the school itself. But what has happened over the years is once for-profit operators take over universities, that search for efficiencies ends up undermining quality. And part of that is from a lack of accountability. Owners of a for-profit entity can just sell the school to somebody else, which we've seen in one of the for-profit medical school situations and apparently two others. So it may be, and this is where there's not a lot of transparency for for-profit entities. Several of these schools are essentially corporations which have other corporations as the members of that corporation. And accountability in higher education and especially in medicine is critically important to quality. And it is not clear at many of these medical schools who is actually driving, who is in control, and can they be trusted. And so who they answer to ends up not being clear. One of the new medical schools, it is still provisionally accredited and it is already on probation from LCME, the accreditor, apparently because of some quality concerns. So I think what we've had here is perhaps a rush too quickly to approve the idea of for-profit medical schools and a need to kind of take a second look and make sure that if we're going to have for-profit higher education, that the accrediting agencies ensure that there is clarity about who is in control and make sure that the accreditors have the ability to really oversee what's going on. Because a for-profit company is a very different beast from a nonprofit corporation. So if we had optimal clarity, optimal accountability, optimal transparency, what kind of data do you think are needed to support a better understanding of the potential benefits and the harms associated with these for-profit medical schools? Well, certainly there's a lot of discussion, I know, in some of the medical journals about how effectively can we use data to monitor what's going on in medical school, in healthcare, in hospitals. And I think most doctors and researchers understand how difficult it really is to use numbers to really get at the bottom of what is going on at a hospital or a medical school. It depends so much on the patients that you bring in, the students that you bring in, and that's where accountability ultimately must come down to the human factors. I think in the case of accrediting for-profit schools that the accreditors need to understand that when you do not have trustees overseeing a school, people without a financial interest who are in control of the school itself, it's sort of like having a driver who is impaired. They're impaired by the fact that they are distracted by the need to make a profit, and they may take their eyes off the road in terms of heading toward the quality health care and the excellent physicians that we want to have in the country. And so if you're going to have that kind of situation, you have to watch much more closely 
what the driver is doing, the driver of that institution's, the decisions that they are making about where to put their resources, how much to charge, who to hire. And I don't think the accrediting agencies realize just how close they need to pay attention to what's happening at the schools. Whether they can do that well remains to be seen. Thank you, Mr. Sharman.